So we're talking about gifts that God gives to us, and we started this month off talking about uh, the gift of a second chance, and last week we talked about spiritual gifts, and today we're going to talk about the gift of divine healing. And so I'm really excited you're here uh, today because it's a really important topic and something we see in the scripture, but that a lot of us have questions around. And so this month, um, because it's all about gifts that God gives, we're going to put this into practice. So just by coming to church today, uh, you are a gift. We're going to tally up our attendance and all the kids and all the volunteers, and, and we're going to give $1 for every person that's here. So if there are 600 people in the building, we're going to give $600. And today we're going to give it to the Behringer family, uh, the same uh, people that we've been giving for Christmas Town. They have a four-year-old daughter who is fighting leukemia. And so we're going to use that today. We're going to total it to the uh, Christmas Town offering. And on Christmas Eve, we're actually going to bless that family. And I'll let you know the grand total. So I'm really excited to do that. And so we're going to give like this. Uh, we're going to give to this cause this week and then next Sunday again. Um, so just by coming to church today, just by inviting friends, you are being a gift to this community. And so next week and then Christmas Eve, make sure you invite your friends. Let's just bless this city, okay? I'm so excited to be doing that uh, this month. So when it comes to the gift of healing, people fall into all sorts of different camps based on their personal experiences. I'm positive that among us today, if I, if I had a moment for you all to explain to each other your personal experiences or your personal thoughts about healing, that there would be varying thoughts and varying conclusions regarding this gift. Some people believe there's no such thing as miracles. Um, it's an illusion that um, divine healing, uh, maybe it happens when we pray, but that's because it's a random coincidence. And unfortunately, um, as Christ followers, we haven't always given the best impression of God as healer. You may remember a man uh, named Peter Popoff, who was a man who claimed to be a faith healer in the late 1980s. Um, he had a broadcast nationally where he would miraculously claim uh, to cure chronic medical conditions. And an investigator exposed his deception on the Johnny Carson show in 1986 because he um, intercepted radio transmissions from Peter's wife that informed her husband of the illnesses that the people had. The people had written out prayer cards and so uh, she would be in his ear and tell him and then when Peter announced the illness to the congregation, everyone assumed he had supernatural knowledge but actually all he had was a really good earplug. Now, Popoff and others had taken away from the credibility of Jesus as divine healer. But remember what I told you last week. The gifts God gives are like dynamite, used well, explosively loving, do more for the kingdom of God than anything else, used poorly, explosively damaging. And so that's what we see with the gift of healing. And often our theology, which is what we think and believe about God, often our theology, we form it about divine healing based on our experiences. And so if you had a very bad experience with divine healing, you begin to think something about it that maybe isn't true, or maybe you had a very good experience with it, but we base our theology around divine healing. If you have been blessed enough that you have prayed for healing and you have received it, 
or you prayed for someone to be healed and they were healed, you would probably come into this place today and say, yes, God still heals today. But if you have asked God to heal someone fervently, um, faithfully, and that did not come to pass, even if you are, are a believer in Jesus, you may be here this morning and not so sure what you believe about divine healing. And on all kinds of topics, especially when it comes to miracles, we tend to form our theology around our experiences. I shared this analogy uh, with you when we talked about the Holy Spirit last spring, but it, it just is so, uh, fits so well for this topic, so I wanna remind us of it. Um, but before there were hand-pumped, uh, before that there were actually fire engines, or and before there were hand-pumped fire engines, um, there were these teams of people called the Bucket Brigade, and I think I have a picture where one person would stand near the well and they would get the water out and they would hand it to the next person and the next person and the next person. And then the last person would pour the bucket of water on the fire to extinguish the blaze. Labor intensive, exhausting and dangerous, but honestly the only option they had before they figured out the technology. And so they would do this. And the key was to move the water fast enough that as they passed it from one person to one person, it was fast, but not too fast, because if the end of the line, the guy didn't have any water in his bucket, that's not helpful, right? And so they had to move it carefully and calculated, but also make sure that it was moving quickly. And so what happens is when we are passing this bucket of theology, this bucket of miracles, this bucket of divine healing, it sloshes around a little bit. It gets a little bit messy. Other people take it from us. They tell us our stories, and then we give it back. And we have these movements of this idea, and all of a sudden, the scriptural viewpoint of what we actually believe is built upon less than a full bucket of truth. And so we design what we believe about the Holy Spirit. We design what we believe about the Holy Spirit gifts, about divine healing, based on our own experiences or the people near us or, or, or their lack of their experiences. And what happens is what we end up with is this belief that's maybe inaccurate, it may make us feel fearful, maybe turned off, uh, maybe we don't wanna deal with it at all, but it's all because the, the, idea, the, the thing that we're basing it out of is those few drops left in the bucket of the theology of what it is. So what I'm gonna do today is just as simply and clearly as I can, I'm gonna give you the scriptural background on divine healing. Okay, the full bucket, straight from the heart of God. And my prayer today is that you will, this will help shape your perspective, this will help maybe refill your bucket uh, because of some experiences that you had, okay? So our theology needs to be bigger than our experiences. What we believe about God needs to be bigger than our experiences because God is so much bigger than our little slice of life, what we see and what we understand. So let's walk through a variety of verses that will talk about divine healing. This is the first one, Psalm 135.6 from the Amplified Version or the NIV, whichever one. <laughs> it says, whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and on earth, in the seas and all the deep. Okay, so let's start with this. God is the creator of all things. He is the sustainer of all things. He has the power to do whatever he wills. He is not manipulated or strong-armed into any decision. He cannot be bought by any amount of money. 
He cannot be tricked. He cannot be deceived. He cannot be mocked. Nothing is too hard for God, and his arm is not too short. That is what we know about God. All right, Colossians 1, 16 through 17 says this. By him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So God has not lost control of your situation. He has the power to intervene. He has the power to redeem and heal whatever brokenness, whatever pain, whatever problem that we face. Let's look at Psalm 101, one through three. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, and read this last part with me, who heals all your diseases. Now the psalmist is not questioning if God will heal. The psalmist isn't saying, if God heals your diseases, he is talking about when and how. It will happen. When and how are the questions. All right, and here's the last verse I'm gonna bring us to. James 5, 14 through 15. And this gives us really specific instructions on what to do when someone is sick, and then it spells out very clearly the result of his action. It says, is anyone sick among you? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up, and if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. So, the scripture points and declares confidently that God is able to divinely heal physical bodies and that miracles happen still today. That is what the scripture says. In fact, God loves to give us the gift of healing so much that one of the names of God is Jehovah Rapha. And the first time we see Jehovah Rapha mentioned, I wanna bring it to us in Exodus 15, what's happening here is Moses is leading this group of people uh, through the desert. He's leading them from, uh, actually from the Red Sea to the desert. And for three days, they can't find any water. And when they finally come, they find some water. It's called the waters of Mara, And they, they can't drink it because it's too bitter. So they're, they're frustrated. They can't drink it because it's too bitter. And Exodus 15, 25 says, so Moses cries out to the Lord. And the Lord shows him a piece of wood, which is my favorite moment, right? Moses is like, God, please help me. And God's like, there. And Moses is like, for real? Like, it's wood. <laughs> You're going to do this to me again? You know, like you give me, there's the bush, there's the wood, there's the staff, and there's the wood. He, and God says, throw it uh, into the water. And so he threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. And then in verse 26, the Lord says, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and you do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and you keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. And the text originally reads, I am the Lord Jehovah Rapha. And so, this is so awesome. The same word used for that piece of wood that is thrown into the water is the same Hebrew word when referring to the cross of Christ in the New Testament. 
That's the same word. And so what, what's happening here, which I love how so much more is always happening, right? I'm reading it as a piece of wood, and God is doing so much more. And so what's happening here is when we encounter a bitter situation, what God is foreshadowing to us is trust in the cross of Christ. <laughs> you trust in the cross of Christ, and then the bitter can be healed to be made sweet. The bitter can be healed by Jehovah Rapha, the God of healer, the God who is our healer. And so anytime we have a sickness of spirit or soul or mind or body, we can run into the strong tower of Jehovah Rapha. Who can, who, we can run to the great physician. We can run to the cross of Jesus Christ. And that was his point in that story in Exodus 15. And then we come to the New Testament, and Jesus himself modeled divine healing for us. When Jesus was on earth doing ministry, people from all directions came to be healed by him. He healed a variety of sicknesses and diseases and injuries, and he delivered people from demonic influences, and he delivered them from problems. Just read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You will see so many examples of what Jesus did. Jesus recognized that sickness is ultimately the result of the fall of humans into sin. That is where sickness is born. Jesus is not the source of sickness. Jesus is not the source of disease, but healing was an integral part of Jesus's work, of Jesus's ministry. And so one more level I wanna bring to our attention is that it didn't just stop with Jesus. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus says, now listen, disciples, go out, preach the word, and heal the sick. He says, preach the word and heal the sick. In Acts 2, after Pentecost, many wonders and miraculous signs were done by these disciples, and many of those are recorded in scripture as well. But miracle working and divine healing are not limited to Jesus or to those specific apostles. The promise of what Jesus wants for divine healing is for all of us. And I'm gonna read it to you in John 14, 12 through 14. He says, this is Jesus speaking, very truly I tell you, Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. And so I really believe the full bucket of theology, the scripture says the spiritual gifts, including divine healing, were intended to continue to edify, to build up the church, even today, and God intends to use us, little old us, <laughs> to be a conduit of those gifts. Jesus, God, God still performs all the miracles. It's not because of us. It's not because of, uh, of something we're doing or the power we have. It's all that God wants to use us as the conduit of those gifts. And James, as we read earlier, says that healing should be a normal aspect of the regular meetings of the church. Whenever the community of faith is gathered, anyone who is sick should ask for prayer for healing. Okay, that's what we read. And so I want to invite two friends up here this morning, Tara and Caitlin, would you guys come to tell us a recent 2019 testimony of what God has done um, in their lives. So would you thank them? It's hard to come up here and look at all of you. All right, so um, let's start with Tara. Tell us um, what happened a few weeks ago. Um, yes, that started this whole thing. Okay, so um, I play volleyball at Edinburgh University on just a rec team um, with some friends 
that I met through Chi Alpha. And um, so we were playing against a really hard team, and uh, my teammate and I went up for a block, and whenever I came down, I landed on his foot, and I rolled my ankle, um, and it like instantly was black and blue and all swollen. It was very scary. <laughs> All right, and so um, Caitlin is your small group leader, your Bible study leader. And so when you told Caitlin, tell us kind of what was going through your mind. Yeah, so it was actually interesting, like the um, planning of everything. You know, so um, recently God was speaking to me about faith and even about, you know, where I put my faith. Is it in my experiences or is it in Mm. the word of God? Is it in the nature of God? And so um, leading up to... Tara's injury, God was speaking to me already about spiritual gifts. And so when that happened, uh, we were talking about it that Wednesday night. I knew on, on Thursday after Chi Alpha um, that we needed to pray for her, knowing, you know, what James says that, you know, we wanted to grab a whole group of people together and say, you know, let's pray in faith, mm-hmm. knowing that God is who he says he is. He can do what he says he can do. You know, mm-hmm. if he says he can heal, he can heal. And mm-hmm. so um, that's kind of what was going through my mind. And so after um, Chi Alpha, the Chi Alpha service, I gathered all my friends. I said, okay, we're going to pray over her ankle and believe that God will heal her. Um, and so as we gathered our group, more people started coming and we laid on hands and, and we prayed once. We're like, okay, how does that feel? And, and there wasn't really any change. And then we, you know, mm-hmm. we prayed again. We prayed three times and just believing that, you know, God will heal. So that's, that's what happened mm-hmm. during that service. So then once you hand it back to Tara, what was sort of the end result of, of this experience for you? So one of the students actually just um, kept holding on to my ankle and she just wouldn't stop praying. She just kept, she was so reluctant that this was going to work and it's going to like it. She just kept praying and going. Um, so after that last one, they were like, okay, stand up, let's go. And um, after limping around for the whole week, I was able to walk towards Caitlin, like a little baby with her first, you know, <laughs> steps, um, just walk towards her without a limp. And it was awesome. And how, well, thank you, God. <laughs> and, and then you've been feeling fine ever since? Yeah, um, I go to the gym a lot, and so my coaches have been on me about sprinting, but I don't listen all that time, all the time, Mm -hmm. so sometimes it, like, swells up just because of, like, protecting it, Mm -hmm. but um, other than that, like, it's not sore or anything, Mm -hmm. yeah. And what has God kind of been telling you since then? So we had a worship night um, at Chi Alpha right before the semester ended, and God, I heard, I just felt and heard him um, and during the prayers, I like didn't know what to do exactly. I was like, do I pray for myself or like, I don't know what to do. And so I was just like, okay, <laughs> That's God. That's always allowed, by the yeah. way. You can always pray <laughs> yeah. for yourself. I was like, um, okay, God, like I trust you. Like I'm putting all my trust in this. I'm putting all my trust in you. And I know that you can do this. And I just kept saying like, I trust you. I trust you. Um, and then at the worship night, I heard him was like, okay, like, do you trust me? Like, you're going through a hard time right now. Do you, do you really trust me right now? Mm-hmm. Or did you trust me when you needed me? Mm-hmm. So I've been walking good. through that. That's good. Thank you guys for sharing. Thank these ladies. So awesome. God still heals. When I was uh, first starting in ministry, Joel and I were 24, just a minute ago, <laughs> almost 15 years ago. And um, we had a student that came to our campus ministry named Josh. He was 21. He had suffered with cystic fibrosis his whole life. He was a very, uh, we got very close to him. He was a very good friend of ours. 
And I remember um, he got pneumonia, and which was very dangerous for a person with cystic fibrosis uh, because it affects their lungs. And he was in the hospital, and Joel and I would go and we would visit. And um, he would ask, uh, Josh would ask Joel to sing worship songs to him, uh, which was terrible because Joel can't sing at all. So it was, <laughs> I don't really know why he would ask that. But he would do it off-key and proud. It's the kind of pastor I'm married. And um, we would pray and pray and pray for Josh's healing. And we would declare it in faith. And I had so much faith for his healing. Like, I was 100% positive. Because I walked around, and what I did for a living was tell people that God heals Right? God heals people. And I had so much faith. If you could see into my heart, I want to tell you, I had so much faith. I was 100% positive that Josh was going to get out of that bed and be over for game night in a couple days. But after a few weeks, Josh got worse and worse. And I remember when Josh passed away. And, and more than sad, I was frustrated. Like, I had questions Because I had done the exact thing that Caitlin just said she did. I gathered the elders of the church. I came. I anointed him with oil. We prayed over him. We declared in faith that he would be healed. And he died. And I just came to the Lord and I said, I don't understand. And when it comes to divine healing, we have to live in the tension We have to live in this tension that the reality of our circumstances, what we see in the natural, is not always telling the full story. That what we're seeing in the natural is not always telling the full story. And just because it wasn't what I thought would happen did not make God any less able or willing to heal. That did not change his character. That did not change who he was. And the truth is a person may sincerely pray and truly have faith that God can heal, but if it is not God's will to provide the healing at that time, then no physical healing will come. And I don't understand it, but sometimes God's blessings come in other ways besides physical healing. And so I want us to remember today that healing is not proof of a person's faith. It is not an indicator of God's love. Every mother in this room knows that a parent does not give her child everything they ask for every time, no matter how much she loves them. Because that's not what it's about. It's about seeing the big picture and knowing what's best for your child. Now, the scripture shows us that healing did not come to everyone the 12 apostles prayed for. Let's just take Paul, for example. Um, God gave him grace. He prayed for, uh, he healed a crippled man who walked again. He cast out a demon and a girl in Philippi with God's help. And he uh, raised a man named Eutychus from the dead. Actually, he was a boy. I'm sorry. He he fell out of a window. And, And Paul came and he was able to lay hands on him and raised him from the dead. But Paul could not pray hard enough to heal the thorn in his own flesh. He suffered something in his own body all of his life. He suffered a personal ailment when he preached in Galatia, the scripture said. And in 1 Timothy 5.23, Paul gives Timothy some advice and says, hey, uh, use a little wine for your stomach ache because I know you have a lot of frequent illnesses. And you have to ask the question, if these were two power faith men of God, why didn't Paul just lay his hands on him and heal him? It wasn't Timothy or Paul didn't have enough faith. They were giants of faith. 
It was because that's not the way that God chose to heal Timothy. Remember, divine healing is not for us to use for personal convenience. We don't control God. He does, he does what he wills. That was the first scripture I read you. He is a good father, but nothing is mechanical or automatic or formulaic when it comes to divine healing. And I'll tell you what, I have come 15 years later to at least thank God that I serve a God who cannot be put in a box, who I cannot strong arm or manipulate, and who runs the universe as he knows best, and that there's no formula, one, two, three, that will get me what I want. Because God is bigger than that. He is so much bigger than that. And when it comes to the bucket of, of, I'm sorry, when it comes to the gift of healing, the full bucket of truth is this. God can and does heal today. That's why I asked Tara and Caitlin to share. But the question that we need to ask in any given situation is this. What does God want? Because if he desires healing, it will happen. But if he desires to heal, maybe he has another plan to show his glory through our weakness. A plan that we can't fully get our finite minds around. So God may remove or heal uh, our suffering, and that will be cause for great praise. But if not, God will use it. He will transform us through it, and sometimes that's the real healing that we need. So I'm going to end with this. In the book of Daniel, there was a king named Nebuchadnezzar. If you can spell that, you get bonus points. And... uh, he made this golden image, and he said, uh, okay, uh, all, the, all the people, everyone needs to worship it. And there were three guys, three of God's servants, who had been put in a place of authority in Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they said, no, we are not going to worship this image of God that you have, have made. And the king threatened to throw them in a fiery furnace because of their disobedience, and this is how they responded in Daniel 3, 16 through 18. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. And this is the moment of tension that that I'm saying we need to live in. This moment of tension that God can save us. We believe that the Lord will save us. He can. He has enough power to. He will. He is able. But if he doesn't, we will still praise the name of the Lord. If he doesn't. But if not, he is still good. Would you just say that out loud this morning? But if not, he is still good. This, this, this is theology bigger than our experiences. Okay? This is faith in a sovereign, perfect, loving God. But if not, he is still good is the thing that will get you from one point of your life to the next when things maybe don't go exactly how you experienced. But to still believe in the fullness, the whole bucket of the theology of who God is. The Bible frees us up to pray boldly and courageously for healing. We cannot set a bar too high for God. Okay, we can come to him believing that he will heal. 
and believing that if he does not, it will be because he has a better plan, because he has a higher aim in mind. I wrote out a prayer for us this morning. You might wanna just look at this. When we pray for healing, here's an example of a way you can pray. Lord, I know you can heal. Lord, I believe you will heal. And Lord, if you don't heal now, bring glory to your name and keep my faith in you. You can pray that over and over in the things in your life. So here's what we're gonna do today. In James, it says, if you're sick, also, if you know someone who is, you can stand in the gap for them today. We should call on the elders of the church to pray. The scripture says, use anointing oil. The anointing oil doesn't have secret powers, okay? There's nothing magic about it. It's just this oil that's symbolic that says, this represents the Holy Spirit. This represents being set apart for God's work. James also says in that scripture, faith is critical. Faith is trusting in God, not just being optimistic. Faith is trusting in God. Matthew 21, 22 says, all things are possible for those who have faith. James says, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise them up. So we're gonna take God at his word today. We're gonna take him at his word with a full bucket of faith, and I am believing that we're gonna see divine healing. Maybe instantaneously today, God could do that. I have a full bucket of faith for that, do you? That even right now, God could do it? But maybe it will be the first step in a process. God does it that way too. So this is what, how we're gonna do it. If you're here this morning and you need prayer or, or you have someone in your life that you wanna represent that is sick today, maybe they're far away, maybe they can't be here. Um, right now, I'm just gonna have you in just a minute, just raise your hand. And then I'm gonna have some prayer people come around you and pray for you. If that's uncomfortable for you, you can just say no thanks, all right? We're not trying to make anybody feel uncomfortable. But if you want prayer for healing, you just raise your hand and some really friendly people, they're all really nice, I vetted them, all right? Are just gonna say, hey, we wanna pray for you. They're gonna put a little anointing oil on your head and they're gonna ask God something like this. Lord, I know you can heal. Lord, I believe you will heal. And Lord, if you don't heal now, bring glory to your name and keep my faith in you. And we're gonna watch and see what God can do. All right, so let's just do this now. If you're here this morning and you need prayer, you have someone in your life that needs prayer for illness, would you just raise your hand all around this room and then prayer teams, keep them up. Prayer teams that are all around, would you just look around and if there's somebody near you, would you go to them? Right now, go ahead and move prayer team, pastoral staff, if you're an elder. If you need oil, come on down here. Pastor Steve has some extra. If you wished you raised your hand and now you feel like it's too late, just raise your hand now. It's okay. Just raise your hand now. All right, let's make sure we're all covered. There's some over here. Keep your hand up if someone's not near you. We'll get to you. If you're in your seat, if you would just pray, just pray that God would meet these people. praying, but I'm just going to end with this. We know that someday all sickness and death will be eradicated. 
Revelation 2.14 reminds us of this promise. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And so we can look forward to this promise with great anticipation. And so God, we come before you this morning and we declare that we trust you. We trust you. And if you bring divine healing on this side of heaven, God, we receive it. We believe you can do it. But God, if not, you are still good. And so would you help us create what we believe about you around the truth, the full bucket of who you are. God, we trust you, we lean into you. Lord, we want what you have for us, God. Would you heal the bodies in this room? Would you heal the sick and those that are standing in for those that are sick, God? Would you, would you put back together bones that are broken, Lord God? Would you breathe life into organs that aren't working properly, God? Would you, would you bring relief from headaches, Father God? Would you bring, bring healing to hearts that aren't, aren't beating correctly, Father God? Jesus, we ask, Lord, that you would, you would eradicate cancer in Jesus' name, that you would take it away, that you would, you would make the doctors be in awe of what you're doing, Father God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would heal arm aches, Lord God, that you would heal chronic pain that people are, are dealing with, Father. And Lord, more and more and more, Father God, I pray in Jesus' name, God, in Jesus' name, I pray for stomach issues, Lord God, all across this, this stomach issues doctors can't figure out, Father God, would you bring healing? Would you bring great wisdom to those doctors, Lord Jesus? God, we are trusting you for these things because we believe that your word says you can and you will do it. And so we stand, Lord God, with our hearts open, Father God, trusting you with all that we have, not based on what we've seen or what we've heard or what have we have had in our life, but God, what we know you are. And so, Lord, we give you these things. We give you our concerns. We cast our cares on you, God, because you care for us. And God, it's in your strong name I pray. Amen.